Today's Jeep Talk Show is sponsored in part by Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts. For over 20 years, Tom Woods has been providing the off-road industry with some of the strongest, most durable driveline upgrades there are. If you're in the need for the world's best under your Jeep, stay tuned later in the show to find out how you can get 10% off your order between now and the end of May. Until then, head over to www.4xshaft.com to start upgrading your ride now. Oh, and check out that purchase when it arrives for a bright, shiny new Jeep Talk Show sticker. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Well, Tony, I hear, all through the grapevine, if you will, that you may have a special delivery coming soon. Jeez, Josh. How'd you know? Are you a psychic? Oh, come on, man. Like, you haven't been telling everyone every hour about you getting an atlas. <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't know I had mentioned it. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Cody? What'd you do with Tammy? She's locked into a little Lego prison. I'll take her out later. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And of course, This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Got your beach bod ready for summer yet? Yeah, neither do we. But if you've waited five months to finally do something about those New Year's resolutions, you can use our link, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, to get everything you need to get you or your Jeep ready for the beach this year. Remember, if you want to give back to the Jeep Talk Show, just click the Amazon button on our website, or go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, and we'll get a small kickback from anything you purchase. Oh, and thanks in advance. Well, one golf course will be reopening this month with a whole new twist on the game. On Memorial Day. Deer Run Jeep Golf is expected to open on Logtown Road in Ocean City, Maryland. For nearly 20 years, this was a very popular golf course with beautiful facilities. That is before it closed in 2015. However, some new life is being injected into the course and it has everything to do with Jeeps. There will, of course, be the traditional golf that we are all familiar with and they'll even have a putt-putt course too. It's going to be something very different, said Ed Colbert, owner of Deer Run. According to Colbert, he says he closed the golf course in 2015 when his wife got ill. His daughter and son-in-law recently approached him with a very unique concept, that of Jeep golf. They're Jeep enthusiasts, Colbert said. They came up with the idea using Jeeps as golf carts. Deer Run will offer a nine-hole Jeep course, where patrons will use their Jeeps to travel the golf cart path between the holes. The facility will also offer an area for foot golf, a game in which players kick a soccer ball into a cup and as few shots as possible. It's all over the place and growing like crazy, Colbert said. The third game offered at Deer Run will be called Pitch and Putt, a type of golf. Now, while Deer Run's Jeep course is expected to open Memorial Day weekend, Colbert said it will still be some time in before the foot foot golf and the Pitch and Putt courses are opened. It's hard to bring back a golf course that's been severely overgrown. Things like that take a little time, he said. In spite of the work ahead, Colbert is eager to get the course up and running. He envisions it as a family-oriented golf park with a draw that can't be found elsewhere. Taking your Jeep out on the course, right? Now, while neighbors of the 170-acre property initially expressed some concerns over the concept when it was brought before the Worcester County Board of Zoning Appeals, Colbert said he worked with them. 
To address their concerns, he agreed to make more than a dozen stipulations, including limiting hours of operations to weekends. Now, the facility will also be open just six months of the year. Now, because it will only be open on the weekends and open for a very short period of time, uh, he hopes to allow local charities to host fundraisers at Deer Run during the week. Now, when the course was open before, Colbert was known for his support of worthy causes, most notably cancer research. Colbert said he was grateful for the amount of interest in the community that they had had and who had already expressed in the Deer Run Jeep Golf Course, and he thanked everybody uh, everywhere, uh, who had given their support to this. Really cool. I don't know if you guys have seen the pictures um, online, but uh, they got some teaser pictures out there. The old website that they have is still up, but it doesn't have any of this new information on there. So this is going to be something huge. And in the Maryland area, I wonder if we can get Tammy out there. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool to have some pictures, and uh, she could probably do a, a nice little video about that. You know, I was really, you know, you mentioned Jeep and golf carts. I had no idea that the uh, the original Jeep uh, Willys, the one they used in World War II, was so freaking small. I, I, mm-hmm. I saw it, a picture of one next to a golf cart, and I think the golf cart was bigger. Oh, yeah, a, rene- well. <laughs> a renegade is bigger than the Willys. So yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I mean, it makes sense. You know, you got to ship these things over from America to wherever you're fighting the war, and uh, you know, I, I believe they were trying to keep them under two thousand pounds or something like that. Whenever they were doing the design, they didn't di- didn't make that. But boy, what a thing they started! So uh, it, it just seems fitting that you'd have a golf car golf course with uh, jeeps as uh, golf carts. Now, obviously, this isn't going to be like what every little boy's dream is of jumping a Jeep <laughs> over the back nine, you know, over the, over the sand bunker. Um, but, you know, this is still going to be getting your Jeep out on the golf course, which, I mean, if nothing else, just for the picture opportunities, yes. is going to be really cool. <laughs> I'm picturing Jeep Polo, like where they can just yeah, swing right? love left hand. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking uh, they were that, gonna... when I originally saw this story, I was just like, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was top <laughs> off, doors off, big clubs hanging out, and a giant ball out on the course, and oh, there's going to be body damage. But but I you, know, they, they, you they've know, addressed all that. You know, you get guys out there golfing and drinking and swinging a club yeah. out the door of their Jeep, that front left quarter panel is going to be oh. shot by the end of the game. Yeah. Well, you know, I originally <laughs> thought what the when you first started reading the story was that the golf balls were huge, and you used the Jeep to run, run into them. <laughs> To knock them in holes that are so big. <laughs> that would be just as fun. <laughs> that the holes are so big that you not only could use them to, you know, get the, the ball in the hole, but you could also drive down in the hole and drive back up the other side <laughs> like Moab. <laughs> I think we just came up with a new concept, guys. Um, I know, right? <laughs> another another million dollar Jeep talk show idea. Well, this guy's already got competition. He's not even open yet. <laughs> Well, the popular Jeep Fest just blows their fundraising goals clean out of the water. With the second running of the Toledo Jeep Fest less than three months away, organizers say they have already raised twice as much money as they had originally targeted. A clear sign that the event has gathered quite a bit of a buzz within the off-road community. The response locally and nationally has been incredible, said Kevin Mullen, Director of Partnership of Development Development for Toledo Jeep Fest. A $110,000 donation from Buckeye Broadband, The Blade, and Telesystem that was presented on Tuesday pushed the total fundraising effort beyond $600,000. We are well on pace for a tremendous festival, Mr. Mullen said. Nothing that a number of nationally known brands, noting that a number of national uh, known brands have shown serious interest in signing on as partners. Our goal at this point was to be at about $300,000, mister Mullen said. We're up over six hundred dollars where we sit today. The reality is putting a, this festival on in an open field at the Lucas County Fairgrounds or the airport would be a lot cheaper. 
Doing it in the downtown setting the way we are is really expensive. But organizers say that the urban experience of the Toledo Jeep Fest is a key component of what sets Toledo Jeep Fest apart from the, other, from the country's other large-scale Jeep-centric events. When the inaugural Toledo Jeep Fest rolled into town in 2016, a good portion of Toledo's riverfront was still under construction. With ProMedica's new headquarters now complete and a re- completely renovated Promenade Park ready to host visitors, Toledo Jeep Fest is happening August 10th through the 12th and is poised to make good use of that new space along Summit Street. The parade route has also been shifted from the short straight jaunt in 2016 to a much longer route down multiple streets now. And the footprint of the festival will also expand quite drastically to encompass nearly all of the downtown area. Plain and simply, Jeep is going to be taking over Toledo. In 2016, more than 1,000 Jeeps and over 40,000 people attended the single-day event. Organizers said Tuesday they've officially registered over 500 Jeeps for the parade so far and anticipate the number of this year of vehicles to be in the range of around 1,200 to 1,500 by the time the festival rolls around. We're also planning for even more vendors, more food trucks, and a ton of family entertainment options. We'll be letting you guys know a little bit more about this event in Wheeling Ware as the date approaches, so stay tuned. You know, I hope we can get uh, Bart and uh, Royal to uh, head out to there. Maybe even Tammy uh, could uh, head out. I know it's a bit of a drive for her, but... Uh, it would sure be good to uh, be able to get some pictures uh, at that, that event this year. And, you know, I can't help but think that uh, the great job that Jeep has done in designing and promoting uh, the new JL uh, is, is helping this event. Oh, very well could be. I think that just the success of the inaugural event alone also helps. And, of course, you know, being held in the hometown where Jeep is made yeah. probably helps a little bit, too. You know? Well, I, yeah. it, it's a com- combined effort, of course. But, I mean, I, I just can't. I mean, there's a lot of excitement over the JL. I mean, if I'm well, excited yeah. over it, uh, I can see a lot of people. And, of course, the upcoming Jeep truck. Ah, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, if you guys have a news tip or you have a response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how. Hey, and coming up later in the show, Tech Talk with Molly C. She has a uh, lack of power blah, lack of power problem that uh, Josh is going to try to help her out with. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. The Jeep Talk Show is just one of the many proud members of the 4x4 Radio Network. If you haven't been there yet, well, go check us out. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about all the shows we have there. The 4x4 Podcast, the Center Steer Podcast, Trail Chasers Podcast is there, and our newest member, the On the Trail Podcast, all for your listening pleasure and all for free. If you guys don't know it, Cody is actually the the, uh, main bottle washer over at uh, Trail Chasers Podcast. I haven't washed many bottles lately. I got to get on that. Uh, Yeah, we need to talk to your wife. (laughs) Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, Tony and Josh, I'm in my garage again. And you know what that means? That means I'm packing up my Jeep. And heading out, and I'm packing up. I'm going to be leaving Thursday morning and heading up to Shemoykin, Pennsylvania. Just outside of Shemoykin is Anthracite Outdoor Adventure Area. And I'm going to be attending an overland weekend with primitive camping, navigation classes, recovery classes, scavenger hunts, Jeep skill competitions, 
wheeling and overlanding adventures, seeing the sights around Shemoykin, Pennsylvania. Anyway, I just wanted to quick let you guys know, in case you haven't heard, there's this Jeep challenge going on on YouTube. And I know Tony and Josh, you guys aren't really big YouTubers, but you both have been called out. What happened was Chris Meacham, he's a Jeeper, he decided to start this My Jeep Story Challenge and he's calling people out. So he called three people out and each of those three people called three people out and each of those people called three people out and, well, you get the picture. So anyway, along the lines, I was called out and it just so happens there are five, yes, count them, five Jeep talk show people who have been called out. We have Nate, SWB Crawler, who has done um, a few segments for us. Chris from O3D Jeeps, we've had him on a few times and he calls in every once in a while. Then you have, of course, the famous Nikki G shared his (laughs) My Jeep story from an airplane. Yeah, Nikki G was on an airplane sharing his Jeep story. Then we have Space Rag. I don't know if you guys remember, he's called in a few times, and he's a little backlogged on listening to the Jeep Talk Show, but he's going to start listening again. Exciting news there. And then, of course, Clyde, our lovable Clyde, shared his Jeep story, and Clyde called a few people out. And one of those people he called out was Tony. So, Tony, that means you need to record your Jeep story. And, oh, but wait, you know what? Guys, I don't think Tony's going to do it. You know why? Because he doesn't want you guys to know his first Jeep was actually a black Jeep. It was his beloved Jeep. And he's just not going to want to share that with everyone. So don't be expecting a My Jeep story from Tony anytime soon. And Josh has been called out as well. So hopefully we'll be hearing their Jeep stories real soon on YouTube. Oh, and there's one more. He's not really a contributor to the show. This would make it number six. So I'm not going to call it number six. I'm going to call it an honorable mention because I'm so excited. This YouTuber who shared his My Jeep story, I'm going to go meet him at the Crawling for Cops event at Roush Creek coming up in a couple weeks. That's the weekend, the first weekend in June. And that's the bearded Jeeper, everyone. He's on YouTube. Go check him out. Go check out My Jeep Story, his My Jeep Story. Hopefully, I won't be breaking my Jeep like he has broken his Jeep. But anyway, that's another Jeep YouTuber who has shared his My Jeep Story. So go check it out. In the meantime, right about now, if anyone's been watching the weather, I'm probably soaking wet in the rain because it's going (laughs) to rain the whole weekend. But I'm going to have fun anyways. There's going to be lots of jeeping and storytelling and meeting with vendors and lots of prizes. Maybe I'll win that winch that everybody thinks that I need. Tony and Josh, you guys have a good show. Oh, by the way, hi, Cody. Miss you. Wish I could talk to you on the show. Anyway, you guys have a great show, and I will see you next weekend and share with you all my great adventures. You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. (laughs) Oh, how funny. I want to hear the uh, top five reasons why Tammy forgot her pillow. Oh, you know, I I, I think one of them is at least uh, that we, Josh and I both told her, don't forget your pillow last time. Yeah, I think we janked her, and, and yeah. uh, well, I, I, it's been my bad luck. I've had a horrible streak with forgetting my pillow on multiple camping trips, so, and 
Yeah, I, I jinxed her spreading that bad luck around. Yeah, like, you had a you, you had a bad a, a bit of a bad PR uh, collecting up those two midgets to use as pillows the well, last time. Well, <laughs> we don't talk about the incident anymore. Don't don't bring that up. I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> And, and speaking of incidents, coming up later on the show, yes. Nikki G's going to tell us about the best way to cook your squirrel. Oh, really? Is he cooking them now? Apparently. <laughs> Must be a cholesterol thing. <laughs> well, hey, guys, we love getting feedback from you. We love getting that constructive criticism. And, of course, we love the five-star reviews. And when you guys give us a comment that goes along with those five-star reviews, well, we just love reading them on the show. And we got some from Facebook. And, well, we got some other stuff as well. But uh, first, let's get to the review. Tony, who do we got? This is from Gene W. And uh, I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, that's Gene from allthingsjeep.com. You know, the, the creator of Go Topless Not Day? her. Yep, yep. And I'll take this opportunity to mention that uh, I and my wife will be going to Go Topless Day in uh, Crystal Beach, which is over there close to Galveston, as in Texas. We're going to be there uh, Saturday from morning to the evening. So if you'd like to come by, I think it is barrel 74. And if you don't remember last week, Michelle told us the barrels on uh, Crystal Beach are like mile markers. They have one uh, every so often. So if you go out on the beach and you see a trash barrel with a number on it and it's not 74, you just go one way. And when it goes up to 74, that's where we'll be. So how are you going to get the top back on your Cherokee after you go topless day? We're taking my wife's TJ. (laughs) Air conditioner works better in it too, even though the top off the Cherokee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd have to cage it if you took the uh, the top uh, off. Because well, of I the, say we try it, let's see what happens. Because of the structural thing. Anyway, well, you know, you could buy one and do that, but you know, those damn things are five and six thousand dollars now. They're getting rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so Gene W gave us a five out of five stars. That's the best you can do, folks. Uh, she says, when I'm not cranking tunes, I'm listening to podcast. This is one for any Jeeper. She's talking about the Jeep talk show there. Well, last week, guys, we had somebody email into the story talking about, well, their JL story. And uh, it was Tony T from Canada. And pretty much what had happened was uh, back on January 29th, he had placed an order for his own brand spanking new 2018 JLU Rubicon. And uh, he, he already has a Jeep. He's got a 2013 uh, JKU, and, and he's an avid Jeeper and whatnot. Uh, but once the, the release of the jail uh, came out, he was hooked, and he pretty much just had to have one. So he went down to his local dealership and, uh, and went ahead and ordered it. And it wasn't really anything you know, crazy of a custom order or anything like that. Pretty much um, you know, your top-of-the-line Rubicon, pretty much everything except for, I think, the automatic transmission, um, some of the sensors, and I think a couple other things. And, um, and so, you know, the order was placed and then it was just a matter of waiting. And so, uh, he figured, okay, well, while I'm you know waiting for my brand new Jeep to show up, I'm going to go ahead and just go full Jeep. And that's what he did. Uh, just pretty much filling his life with, you know, podcasts and videos and everything else. And that's how he said he found us. In fact, uh, was, you know, just perusing around the web, looking for Jeep stuff to fill the, fill the time waiting for his new JL. And, uh, that's how he stumbled across us. Well, the time kind of went on and on and on. And after uh, quite a long time, uh, I finally got the story or got the uh, word that uh, his Jeep had been shipped, but it was uh, it didn't pass inspection. So he could not have it. And uh, they have to basically build him a new one. So uh, he wrote into us because uh, we last week we had, we had highlighted this story and, and his plight and uh, figured uh, we'd get the word out there and maybe somebody else have has ran into something similar or whatnot. Well, lo and behold, 
uh, Tony T from Canada, the original, uh, the guy who had, had written this story, uh, wrote wrote back to us. He had heard about his own his own plight on there and wanted to give us an update as to what has gone on, what has happened yet. So uh, here we go. Hi guys, I don't know why it failed, but what I gathered is they tossed it into the rejects bin and put me back into the line for a new build. The order is nothing special, we just figured ordering would be quicker than waiting for whatever they had coming in. In fact, just two days ago, a granite Rubicon parked next to me. So I engaged the guy and said <laughs> he ordered it a week earlier than from me and from a competing Dodge dealership. His arrived in three months. Oh. My dealership received a white Rubicon last week, and they've been bringing in Saharas like there was no tomorrow. So I know it's not a customs thing. I figure it was just a lemon, and I luckily dodged a bullet on it. Mercury retrograde ended the day before. New one went into D status, so maybe there's something to do, to do with that. <laughs> now, as of today, he's given us a uh, he's given us a, a report on this. Now he's he's written in and, and given us a, a an update as far as where the status is, what's happened since you know he wrote in last, and and what's what's happened since he's ordered this. You guys want to take a guess as to whether or not he's got it or not? I'd say no. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. That as lucky. of today, as of today. Day 102 since the order was placed, it is still in D status. Now, last week, guys, I uh, I kind of let you guys know what the letters in the status updates mean for, for all this. If you guys want to uh, get the nitty-gritty details behind the story, make sure you go back and listen to episode 332. Back to the story. As of today, day 102, he's still in D status. My dealer says they have never experienced anything like this before. Apparently, even they have written and called multiple times, but have received no answers. Weird, right? I have even written to FCA myself through their contacts page, but still nothing from them two days later. Signed, Tony T. from Canada. Goodness gracious. Seriously, though. 102 days. He had one built. It was delivered. It didn't pass inspection, meaning it wasn't legal to be owned by a citizen in Canada, for whatever reason, they d haven't explained to him the reasons behind all of that and just said, well, we're going to have to build you another one. Is that okay? W what's the guy to do? He's paid for it. He's put his deposit down and everything. I mean, and what's worse is that he's seeing other Jeepers in his hometown who have went through the similar process just through a different dealership and they already have their Jeeps. Well, I think your oh. answer is right there. Yeah, is he, yeah. Well, I figured Canada would be cracking down on things crossing the border from America. Um, I've, they'd be doing it with people, but I didn't think they'd stop Jeeps from coming in. We, Jeeps can't mess it up. Well, the Jeeps represent freedom, right? You can't have that oh, in Canada. Is that oh. what it is? It's a freedom <laughs> thing? I get it. Well, I get it. First thing they want a Jeep. Next thing they want uh, to have uh, uh, health care they got to pay for. <laughs> now, my astrology is a little bit rusty. I'm, I'm not quite sure what the Mercury retrograde means in, in, in this case. And I certainly don't know um, uh, don't know his uh, zodiology here. But uh, but nonetheless, it might just be a little bit of you like that. It might just be a little bit of, uh, of bad luck or, or who knows, you know, celestial bodies at work. But uh, but nonetheless, you know, our thoughts and, and, and well wishes goes out to Tony T from Canada. We're keeping our fingers crossed over here at the Jeep Talk Show that uh, that you get your Jeeps here soon, Tony. And if Good nothing luck. else, man, ah, God, maybe we're going to have to call FCA. Hopefully, maybe one of our uh, one of our friends over at FCA might hear the story and uh, might be able to pull some strings for you. I don't know. I'm not going to promise anything, but I'm going to wish you the best of luck. Yeah, no, Tammy almost got him fired. He can't. He can't do nothing now. 
<laughs> Good luck, Tony. And if the Jeep doesn't come in, check out that new Toyota Tacoma TRD. How product. dare you? I know. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everybody. You couldn't write comments to Cody. Yeah, Cody, you got balls and I, I can see them. <laughs> Point the camera up a little bit. Man, geez, guys. Uh, <laughs> Hello? Hello, this is Tony with Gorilla Telemarketing. I'm just calling to tell you about the Jeep Talk Show. Okay, can you, can you call me back later? I'm in the movies. Uh, just a second, sir. Have you been listening to the show? Uh, I, I'm in the movies. I, I'm, in, I'm at the theater. Oh, really? Uh, what are you watching? Does it matter? Well, yeah, I haven't gotten out much, and I'd like to see a good flick. Uh, oh, come I'm on, at- sir. It takes two seconds. Just tell me what you're watching. Love, Simon. <laughs> I'm, like, Seriously? I'm with my girlfriend, okay? <laughs> hey, I got, okay, I got to get out of the movies. Okay, wait a minute. A couple more things here. Uh, well, I just want to let you know we're on each and every week. We'd love to mark you down as a regular listener. Okay, okay, I'll get off the phone, okay? Well, sir. Uh, okay, uh, sorry, I got I to gotta go. Well, wait, wait one second, sir. Will you be listening to the Jeep talk show soon? I don't give a fucking rat's ass about you. Whatever. <laughs> Bye. So I can mark you down as a listener. Sir? Sir? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So you guys know that we're on the Amazon Echo, also known as the A-Word. I'll just say it. Alexa. So you can actually go on to your uh, Amazon Echo, Alexa, and listen to the Jeep Talk Show. Alexa, ask the Jeep Talk Show to play the latest episode. Welcome. You can listen to all the episodes of Jeep Talk Show, a Jeep podcast, including new episodes as they are released. For now, you'll start with the most recent episode, but you can change by skipping forward or backward. You can even say how many episodes you'd like to skip. So just go over to your, using your phone or the desktop app, uh, go to your Amazon, uh, the webpage, Amazon app, and add the skill Jeep Talk Show. And you'll be able to listen on your phone, on your tablet, on your Amazon Alexa, just everywhere by simply issuing those simple commands. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. We spent the last couple months going into some pretty deep details into some pretty extensive tech subjects. And as much as I love going all techy on you guys and throwing out a bunch of terminology that, well, half of us don't understand and most of us don't know anything to do with them, uh, I just love answering listener questions even more. Now, Molly C. wrote into the show asking about her Jeep's lack of power and acceleration. She says, I have a 2006 Jeep TJ with a 4-liter inline-six and automatic transmission. It seems to have no power when going up a hill. It downshifts real hard, and when it does, the RPMs drop, and so does my speed. I have a check engine code of P0421. When I looked it up, Google says the catalytic converter. I'm just wondering if I can cut the whole cat out completely to see if that helps. Well, First off, thanks for writing into the show, Molly. Catalytic converters are used to clean up the exhaust emissions on gas-burning engines. Earlier technology, the old catalytic converters uh, used to use and combine oxygen with carbon monoxide and unburned hydrocarbons to produce carbon dioxide and uh, and CO2 and water. Uh, that's why you'd see a big stream of water come out of the tailpipe in some of those older cars when they take off from a stoplight. Now, back in 1981, the two-way converters were replaced by three-way converters that also reduced nitrogen oxides, or the NOx, the number that everybody fails emissions on. Now, even the newest catalytic converters will degrade over time, so it's not uncommon for higher-mileage Jeeps to have catalytic converter issues. Now, Molly didn't let us know the mileage on her Jeep, so I'm just going to assume 
uh, that it's it's got a few, uh, you know, been around the block a few times. Um, now, with hers, the inside of the catalytic converter, pretty much anybody's uh, catalytic converter, can become damaged in any number of ways. I don't know if hers is damaged or not, but they are robust, but they're not indestructible. For instance, if the converter is severely dented from too many third dates with the large rocks or banged around too much from impacts, you could easily start to see performance loss. Let's say your O2 sensors are going out on you, or the previous owner didn't take that good a care or regular maintenance very well. If there is an overly rich fuel condition, or if the engine is excessively worn or tired and allows oil to blow by the cylinder rings or valve seats, the catalytic converter can start to get plugged up, and it, that can cause a whole bunch of problems. Even if you frequently use leaded or aviation or race fuel, well, these burn differently in the engine than what it was engineered for, and although may provide added performance at times, it may cost you longevity of some of your exhaust components. Now, sometimes the converter is just plain and simply worn out, seen too many miles, and just needs to be replaced. If too much fuel, oil, or the incorrect fuel is pushed through the converter for long enough, the honeycomb of materials inside of that steel shell can get so hot that it literally melts. Inadvertently banging on or denting the converter can also cause the material to break apart. Now, once either of these scenarios happens, those little bits that break off or melt off or whatnot can get turned sideways and block the exhaust path. Now, blocked exhaust causes the exact situation Molly is experiencing. And the more she tries to rev the engine, the more air try, tries to move. The more air the engine tries to move through it. The blocked exhaust causes the motor to struggle. Higher RPMs will appear to make less power. Now, think of how well you'd perform at a marathon if you had to breathe through a sock the whole time. Now, in a pinch, I've seen people remove the catalytic converter and knock the bits of the steel shell out of it. You know, seen the old broomstick method or, or whatever. I've also seen one owner cut a large hole in the side of the converter, temporarily bypassing the rest of the exhaust. Now, you have to be careful on this. If you decide to go this route, start cutting holes in your exhaust as you don't want it you really don't want hot exhaust directed at fuel lines, brake lines, wiring, transmission, the half the stuff that's underneath your Jeep. It's only a temporary solution to get you home or, you know, get you by for a week or so when you really should be replacing the catalytic converter. Not to mention, well, they are becoming more and more of a requirement on vehicles that go off-road, even if they're not street legal. The, the, besides the tree huggers and the eco nuts feeling better about the tailpipe they're sucking on, a catalytic converter also doubles as a spark arrester. All it takes is for one little piece of burnt carbon buildup to flow through a set of straight pipes and hit that summer air only to ignite the grass on the side of the trail, starting a massive forest fire. You don't want to be that person. So it might be a legal requirement too, Molly. Oh, and if you're looking for a great source of parts to beat those dealership and parts store prices, head over to rockauto.com. I guarantee you'll be able to save some cash on that replacement catalytic converter. So I'll mention a couple of things. Uh, once your catalytic converter starts getting clogged, uh, if if it really gets clogged bad enough to, to you know slow down the RPMs uh, where the engine's struggling, you potentially could be in a situation where the catalytic converter gets very very hot. And this is extremely important to know if you're off road, especially in any dry grass mm. or sitting in grass that isn't dry and isn't flammable for very long, like sitting there with your engine running, because it's going to dry the grass out and then it's going to catch on fire. And if you're not aware of it, so is your Jeep. <laughs> yeah, I've actually had some personal experience with this, not in a Jeep. It was a 1983 Mazda 626 that I was uh, driving down a highway and down a country road highway and 
somebody pulled up next to me, and I'm thinking, why is this guy driving in the oncoming traffic lane? And they're pointing down at me, you're on fire! And well, I look back, man. and it's it's like Spy Hunter. It's just a giant cloud of smoke behind me. <laughs> spy and, Hunter, I love it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I pull into this church and, you know, bust the door down. I literally kicked the door in on this church. I felt really bad. Um, grab the fire extinguisher off the wall. By the time I get back to my car, the flames are up over the roof. Uh, and it's just all because the, the catalytic converter had completely plugged up. Well, not completely, but enough to where it got extremely hot and lit the, the undercarriage material on fire. The, uh, the, the heat shields or the right. insulation, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and, oh dude, it was bad. I mean, talk about black smoke. Good Lord. So what so, you should yeah, have done the, was driven faster <laughs> and outrun <laughs> right, the fire. More wind. <laughs> it is, you, you cool it off. That That's how that works. <laughs> and and she could she could definitely cut that thing out but you made a good point tony that's a temporary solution and especially she, i don't know where she's from but you know the tree huggers here in california we're oh, going to keep an eye on that kind of stuff man what's up with that tree hugger comment you know the californians will de- deport you if you uh cut out your uh, catalytic converter <laughs> oh, see what i did there deport yeah the yeah, yeah right. uh, anyway <laughs> so <laughs> yeah uh so uh yeah do it the right way and and uh i i don't know how many converters that the uh, the jk jku's have perhaps they've got two or four or 16 uh on the xj there's one and for me to replace my catalytic converter uh at amazon was either 120 or 100 bucks uh so it's not like there's several hundred dollars and and well, I just I just use be. I just use clamps, yeah. you know. So yeah, well, yeah, for don't the, have to have it welded in. I mean, sure, yeah. if you you know take it to a shop, spend the extra money, whatever. But the clamps are just fine for the catalytic yeah. converter, and and it, there there are easy. other options out there too. I I just you know directing you to Rock Auto for an OE replacement. Now, uh, if you want to go performance, there are definitely options out yeah, there. Yeah, there's high flow. Oh, and the other thing I was going to mention is you need to be mindful of uh, what you do there as far as taking out the catalytic converter or punching a hole through it. Because uh, back pressure is uh, important to the uh, good running of your your engine. Oh, and one other thing, uh, they do make a back pressure gauge where you pull out the upstream uh, O2 sensor, screw the uh, back pressure gauge in there, and see if it's within spec. And if it's high, if you have a high amount of back pressure, that probably means that your catalytic converter is clogged. It could be other things along the path. But in your situation, it probably has to do with the catalytic converter. Now, I'm glad you brought up the O2 sensors, Tony, mm-hmm. uh, because honestly, if, if Molly is experiencing this problem for any length of time, there's probably a good chance that her O2 sensors, at least the downstream one, um, could be fouled out. Yeah. I would say this might be a good opportunity to go into the dealer. Now, this is one thing that we're going to recommend you go to the dealership for to, to get the um, official Mopar parts I agree. Um, and replace, replace those O2 sensors yeah. uh, because, you know, going to just the parts store and getting the ones that are, you know, half the, the price of the dealership. Yeah. Now they may come with a good name. You, you may recognize the name, but they're not going to perform like the factory sensors do. And since that's, a, that whole system runs on the parameters that the factory, you know, sensors were designed for, you know, going after market, you may be a little bit off and I've had personal experience getting bad sensors out of the box uh, multiple times. So, um, yeah, I always recommend dealership sensors. Well, remember, the computer is programmed by the factory, and the computer is expecting to see certain information from the sensors. And even though what you buy may be within spec, it's not going to be made the same way that the factory, you know, the the Jeep Jeep, uh, FCA has contracted out and uh, had these things made. So, 
yeah, we uh, at the Jeep Talk Show, we wholeheartedly recommend that you go with uh, uh, Jeep sensors. Anything that has to do with sensors, anything that that computer's reading, it's just going to help you out in the long run. Well, do you have anything to add? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk. Well, we'll just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Find our contact page there, and you'll find out all the ways that you can get a hold of us and send us a message. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them in with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with a deck of big old tires and a lighter. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys need to give me a beer. So, you know, uh, if you want to, you can uh, place an order at Tom Woods Custom Drive Shaft and get a free Jeep Talk Show sticker. Or if uh, you just bought a drive shaft and, uh, gee, you didn't get the 10% off or any of the rest of that stuff, well, we feel bad for you, but you can still get a Jeep Talk Show sticker. You know, this is the first time in over 300 episodes that the Jeep Talk Show stickers have been available. We just didn't have them before now. So just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, then click and place your order. $4 for one sticker, $7 for two. What a deal! Free shipping within the continental United States, or as we like to say, the lower 48. Well, speaking of Tom Woods, I bet you guys don't know that he has been doing only four-wheel drive stuff, drive shafts, and slip yoke eliminators for 20 years now. And as an American-owned and operated company, you need to know that they provide solutions trusted by your average weekend wheeler, all the way up to the rock-crushing rigs at King of the Hammers. If you have a Jeep, Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts has a solution for you. Using their in-house developed gold seal universal joints, you can count on the strength of your drive shaft at its weakest and most abused points. Oh, and if you're concerned about warranties, it doesn't get any better than their trail hazard protection. If a weld ever breaks, they take care of it. If a gold seal universal joint breaks, they take care of it. But they'll also take care of any damage that was occurred by the drive shaft. Those other companies, well, they're just going to put a new U-joint in your hand and send you on your way. Tom Woods loves Jeeps, and in fact, he has three highly modified Jeeps, so he understands your passion, and so do his employees. Tom Woods' custom drive shafts are always shipped, completed, balanced, greased, and ready to install. They pay attention to the finest details, so you are less likely to run into any issues. If you've ever experienced a drive shaft problem, you know just how important this can be. When you research custom drive shafts, there's just one name that tops all the lists, Tom Woods. Trust them with one of the most critical parts of your driveline. And from now until the end of May, you can get 10% off your order using the exclusive Jeep Talk Show promo code. At checkout, just enter JTS18-1 and you'll get the exclusive discount. Once again, that's JTS18-1. Promo code is not valid with any other offer, discount, or promotion. Just visit Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts today. Go to www.4xshaft.com. You know, I may have neglected to mention this uh, to you guys. Uh, I'm not sure. I apologize if I have. But I've got an Atlas transfer case coming in Monday. <laughs> oh, first I've heard of it. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Tony, tell and, us about and, it. And one of the things I've got to do is when I take the 242 out and put the uh, the Atlas in, I've got to make a measurement between, you know, the, the where it's going to mount, uh, the drive shaft's going to mount to the Atlas all the way back to the yoke uh, front and back because I'm getting two new Tom, shaft, uh, Tom uh, drive shafts. Uh, Tom Woods drive shafts. I'll get it out. I'm just always so excited about the Atlas. 
So uh, the hardest part is going to be waiting to get those in. So I'm really looking forward to, to those drive shafts because I'm going to have a really nice no-chain transfer case set up. I'm and, so and they, excited. If I remember correctly, they show up pretty quick. We ordered one for my buddy's uh, Grand Cherokee after he did all of his work. And, and it you know, we did the measurements and boom, it, not long. They're very quick. Yeah. They're very quick. They know. <laughs> they know. I'm sure they get people calling them. Is it ready? Is it ready? Where is yeah. it? Is it here yet? <laughs> Gotta have it. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Hey, everybody. This is Cody. And tonight we are joined by Don Alexander. He is a 50-year accomplished automotive motorsports racer. He's a a published author with a couple books that we're going to talk about tonight. And his uh, main job, main, main business is the Jeep 4x4 School. Don, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you, Cody? Good. Thanks for joining and thanks for letting me be part of this. I'm um, I'm excited to get a chance to talk to you. Uh, we, we talked a little bit before where you and I have met and, um, you know, I, I'd like for you to kind of explain how you got to the point where you're at now with the 4x4 Jeep School. You've got a very uh, illustrious career and then how all of that ties into the book that you just published. Well, yeah, it's all connected. Uh, I actually started instructing race driving at the Bondurant School a whole long time ago when they were at Ontario Motor Speedway, so that was around 1971. I had just started racing uh, SECA a couple years before that. And I've basically been instructing ever since, and about 15 years ago, uh, we moved, well, actually 20 years ago, we moved to Big Bear, and that's when I started really getting into off-roading. And uh, through some contacts from racing and tire companies, we had an opportunity to I do some media events, tire testing, and some other things, and that really is what launched the the Jeep School eventually. Um, As you know, when we did the event that your wife attended for Falcon Tire, that was an event that was put on by the Jeep 4x4 School. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting how the book came about. Um, One of the editors at CarTech and the SA Designs brand uh, had come across my Facebook page and realized that I was heavily involved in Jeeps, I had done a couple books for him on handling and one on uh, stock car driving when he was at Motorbooks. He contacted me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing a book on the JK. And I said, sure. And then he told me that there were no books on the JK, so that just made it more interesting. Yeah. thing led to another. I talked to Quinn Thomas at All J Products here in Big Bear, and the rest is history. We decided to do the book, and uh, it's been out for about a month now and apparently is doing quite well. That's fantastic. And I, I don't think I've ever seen a book uh, like this on any of the other products. Do you know if there's a, is there any of these that are comparable for the TJ for any of the other brands? I mean, either of their models? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple books on the XJ. There's a book on the TJ. And I think CarTech just, just launched one a few months ago on the CJ. Uh, Quinn and I are actually working on a YJ book, uh, which should be out probably... A year and a half from now is when it'll actually uh, the printed versions will be available for sale, um, and of course we're all kicking around the idea a year or two from now of doing a JL book. So yeah, and I I love the fact that you're doing a, a YJ book. You know, thirty years after it's been stopped being produced, you know, you still see them out on the trail. They're still fantastic vehicles. 
what's driving you to do something like that on a vehicle that old? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think what's what's really driving both of us is just a little bit of insanity. <laughs> uh, and we love Jeeps, and we had the opportunity to do this book because it's a niche that, that uh, CarTech had not filled. And um, we decided to do the book. We acquired a YJ, and we're in the process of building it. And we're going to do three phases. We're going to do a, a, a spring under lift, a spring over lift, and then we're going to do a full-blown coilover, street legal, but it'll be a, a pretty hardcore rock crawler by the time we're done. At least that's the game plan right now. Wow. So um, when Go ahead. So, Don, uh, I, I'm going to ask you, you have a lot of experience, uh, and, you know, you just wrote a, a book on the JK. Now, there's something that I've heard repeatedly uh, in private that the, the, the JK is not the, same, uh, not the same quality, not the same strength of vehicle as the TJ was. Is that just standard uh, Jeep BS, or is there something uh, true to that, in your opinion? Well, there could be some, some things that are true. Uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. Uh, an awful lot of the problems that occur on the JK relate to how they're driven, uh, the JK has been so popular with a lot of rookie newcomers mm-hmm. that uh, that's caused problems. One of the things, uh, we see this in the school all the time, especially in the snow or wet conditions, guys will get wheel spin and all of a sudden they dig through the, the soft stuff and grab some traction or, or dig through water on a rock uh, and grab traction and they either end up breaking an axle or more likely twisting a, a drive shaft. Those are the kinds of things that, that seem to be fairly common. Uh, steering boxes break because they're not really designed to run 37-inch tires. Uh, that's one of the big changes on the JL. Yeah, there's some issues, uh, so that's that's legitimate, legitimate up to a point. But I think for the most part, the JK is, is pretty beefy and, and pretty strong. So one of the things I had heard was uh, the uh, the metal uh, used in the body is uh, a lot thinner, substantially thinner than what the TJ was. You know, trying to make the the uh, the JK JKU lighter and uh, more fuel efficient, which you know Jeep and fuel efficient shouldn't go together. Uh, and uh, is that anything that lend any credence to? I think you'll see a lot more dents uh, from parking lots, from doors opening into the side, from a trail rash on the JK than you would on the earlier Jeeps, because I think that's true. And I think a big reason for that was that that thing that drives everybody crazy is the the corporate fuel economy numbers. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to build them lighter, and I think the JL is even lighter because it's got a lot of aluminum. Right. Now, what about the power plant on the JK? I've I've heard some, some of the similar things that Tony has about it being underpowered, but you see every all of them running around with 35-inch tires, and they're, they're making freeway speeds. Well, yeah. The, the JK, well, you have to go back to the, to the 3.8-liter V6, which really was underpowered. But I don't think the, the 3.6 is underpowered. I think a lot of people uh, will run 35 or 37-inch tires and not re-gear. Uh, the crawl ratio in the Rubicon uh, with the stock tire, tires is a... a around a 59, where if you re-gear, you want to get that up into the 60s at least, uh, if you're going to do any serious hill climbing, or more importantly, descending. So I think that's really where the issue comes in. And if you mm-hmm. if you go too far on gear ratios, like running a 513 with a 37-inch tire, 
and you're running at a pretty high RPM on the on, on the interstate at 65, 70 miles an hour, and all of those things kill fuel economy pretty drastically. Okay. Now, let me ask uh, a question. Now that you know everything you could ever possibly want to know about JKs after writing this book, <laughs> are you going to are you going to move to the JL? You know, I had a chance to drive a JL uh, a couple days ago uh, over the over past weekend, and they're very impressive. Uh, but short term, no. Uh, Policy wise, I think it's wise to wait a couple years so the bugs get worked out. Yes. As you know, you hear rumors about stuff all the time, and, and we'll see if any of them are really true or not. But uh, a couple of years from now, it would be a good time to, to look at, a, at building a, a really nice jail. So I've run across this. Being an XJ owner, I don't know a lot about the, the JKs, the JKUs. Um, I know it's different on an XJ because an XJ comes with a smaller tire from the factory, and if you go to a larger 32, 33-inch tire, you all, almost absolutely uh, absolutely have to re-gear. How much tire can you get on a JK, JKU? Not the Rubicon, but just the standard Sahara or the, the model that's under that. I don't know if they have an X model. Uh, what, kind of, uh, uh, what kind of size tire can you get on that before you need to re-gear? Well, if, you, if you're running the uh, earlier X version uh, or the Sport and you have the, the standard gearing and those come on 20-inch tire, 29-inch tires, you're probably going to want to re-gear e- even on 33s. Wow. Uh, you just don't have much gear ratio there. And and that's one of the things that, that they've addressed with the JL because of the 8-speed automatic. It's got such a, a great crawl ratio that you can get away without re-gearing uh, with a bigger tire unless you go really big. But uh, the Rubicon, you can run a 35 with stock gearing. The Sahara with a, with a 373 axle ratio um, 35s are marginal. 33s are no problem at all. Good information. So going back to the the uh, the book and the knowledge you gained there. So I, you've I'm sure you've had the experience of driving several different Jeep models. Is there any one of them that you think is your favorite? Well, I really like the JK. I mean, I mean, a lot of them are really a lot of fun. But the, the ride of the JK stock is really nice. Uh, a lot of the aftermarket suspension companies have done a really, really good job of designing springs so you're you're maintaining a, a decent ride on the highway and still have really good performance and good articulation when the bars are disconnected when you're off-road. Uh, so that's kind of hard to beat. Uh, some of the, like the old CJs, sometimes, it, it, especially riding in them with, with students or maybe are pushing a little too hard on a hill climb that's real rutted, Sometimes it, it feels like you're inside a basketball bouncing, mm-hmm. but that probably has more to do with aged shocks and, and uh, just worn out parts. So, so in your book, uh, Jeep Wrangler JK Performance Upgrades, I'm assuming, because I have not uh, read the book, uh, I'm assuming that you go through a lot of these things like the thing I just asked you about, the re-gearing and uh, what kind of size tires you can expect to run. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand uh, the, what the re-gearing does for them. Uh, how do you cover this in the book? Well, pretty much what we talked about. Um, one of the ways to look at re-gearing is, uh, and we'll take the Rubicon as an example. It's got the, the 4.0 gearing and the transfer case, the 410 axle ratio. What you really want to do when you're re-gearing is um, a lot of manufacturers, a lot of magazines, when they do tests, 
will measure the number of revolutions per mile that the tire is making. And that gives you, uh, that's a, uh, it doesn't matter what the gearing is, that's a measurement that you can apply to any vehicle. And what you really want to do, the Rubicon comes with a 32-inch diameter tire. What you really want at the end of the day is the same number of revolutions of, per mile of that tire. Uh, a bigger tire means you have to go to a lower gear ratio numerically. And to achieve that in a Rubicon, you'd have to go to a 488 gear to have roughly the same revolutions per mile as the stock gearing on 32-inch tires. What can people expect so it, if, they, if they don't do the regearing? Uh, much poorer acceleration. And uh, it's going to hurt fuel economy somewhat as well. If they go with the, the same revolutions, tire revolutions per mile, would they still see a, a, a lower uh, MPG out of that? Oh, sure. Uh, especially if the vehicle's lifted on bigger tires. Uh, you've got more tire drag. You've got more aerodynamic drag. And that has a big effect. And the, the Jeep isn't exactly a great aerodynamic wonder <laughs> anyway. <No. laughs> uh, so when you lift it, you're, you're just really creating more drag because the frontal area is increasing. And then the bigger tires create more drag. And the, the, uh, it's called rotational inertia, the power that it takes to get a bigger tire rolling, just like it does to stop, uh, takes more power. So you're, you're burning more fuel or you're using the brakes a lot harder to slow down. Wow. That's all really, really good information. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about what you're doing now with the Jeep 4x4 school um, Tell me about how that came about and, and what a day in the life is of that business. Well, it's interesting. Um, driving schools for off-roading are uh, notoriously poor at, at attracting customers because, first of all, people don't know about it. Now, it's improved a lot with, with the JK because so many newcomers are coming in. And one of the things that's worked for us is working with a couple of Southern California Jeep dealers they issue certificates to their new Wrangler purchasers that are good for going through a class. When they go through a class, then we uh, give them the certificate number and bill them, and they pay us. So that's been good for our business. But we've also, uh, a couple of years ago, we stopped doing group classes except for vehicle recovery classes. And the reason for that is we would have a class, uh, a newcomer class, and we'd have somebody with a stock sport on 29-inch tires and somebody that, that had uh, somebody build their Jeep, either the dealer or somebody like four-wheel parts or Alj and Big Bear, and they'd be on 37-inch tires with lockers and maybe had more experience. So somebody wasn't going to get what they needed. Mm -hmm. the, the new guy on the, on the small tires with no lockers, uh, if we push the envelope to the, the more well-equipped Jeep with a more experienced driver, that guy was going to be in over his head. If we went the other direction, the guy with the, with the modified Jeep really wasn't going to, to be learning what he needed to learn. So we just basically stopped having those classes, and now all of our classes to the general public are one-on-one -on -one classes. And we've got a, an introductory class, which is we call the, the uh, new Rubicon owners class, uh, which is about a three-and-a-half-hour class. And we have a, a half-day class, which is about five hours which is for more middle of the road, maybe a stock Rubicon. And then we've got an, an all day one-on-one um, -on -one class, which is often people that want to really get dialed in on rock crawling, which in our area we, we have access to some world-class rock crawling trails. Mm -hmm. 
And are you are you doing most of those one on one advanced classes in Big Bear, or where what areas are you taking taking them to? We do it mostly in Big Bear. In the wintertime, we'll go down into the Johnson Valley area where King of the Hammers is. Uh, there's some great trails there, and that also gives us the option of of being able to uh, to do some trails and, and sand dunes. So it gives us a, f- a few more options, and it's especially nice in the wintertime when uh, people, if they're coming up to the day, they may not want to uh, deal with the snow, which the last couple of years hasn't been a big deal. But that does give us an option, and we also were happy to go down and, and have classes there for people that are more interested in that more desert environment and maybe a little more extreme rock crawling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how? Um, what's the feedback been like? I mean, when you when you take the people out and they get the chance, to, especially the newcomers to their vehicles, what kind of feedback are they giving you on not so much on the on your course, but on the vehicle that they're experience, experiencing for the first time? I would say that that uh, the vast majority of new owners are blown away by the capabilities of the, of the Wrangler, mm-hmm. even a sport. Uh, they have no concept of what that vehicle is capable of when they come out. And this is typical. The dealer dealers and the salespeople, when they deliver a vehicle, don't really good, do a good job of explaining the controls. So often we spend, uh, spend time with individuals going through all the controls so they really understand what they do and when to use them. Uh, one of the first things we do, we have a, a half-mile loop that we do as a training course. And the first thing people do is go up a, a hill that's rutted, and it's about a 25-degree slope. And as we start out, uh, we give them a ride around the course first, and then we ride with them in their vehicle. And when, they, when we first start out, they say, we're going up that hill. <laughs> and it's, it's really pretty comical. And I say, well, yeah, it's not a problem. And then you drive up, and they go, well, it's not a problem in your Jeep because it's on 37-inch tires and lifted and all that. It's not going to be a problem on your Jeep either. We've had um, Cherokee, Trailhawks, and um, much lesser capable vehicles than the Wrangler make it up that hill with no problem. Uh, we have a little more difficulty as we go up, but it's still doable. But that's the biggest thing is people are just really, really surprised at how capable the vehicle is and how easy it is to do when they've got somebody showing them the, the basics. And they, mm-hmm. people generally catch on very quickly. So, awesome. so Don, what would you say is the most common uh, either misconception or bad habit that you see whenever you're teaching somebody uh, the off-road stuff for the first time? That's actually easy. Uh, one of the things that, that's very common, in fact, part of driving off-road is counterintuitive. And one of the exercises we do, we've got a little section uh, a vehicle couldn't tip over in this section. It's not steep enough. But when when a, a vehicle is uh, a jeep is dropping off a, a, a little ledge uh, or off of a rock, especially when it's one tire, one side of the vehicle at a time, people have a tendency, and the same on side slopes. People have a tendency to want to steer uphill. And if you think about the dynamics of that, when you're tipping, let's say the right front tire is going down, the left front tire is staying up. The tendency is to want to steer left uphill. When that right front tire drops down and that tire is turned to the left, it's now actually acting as a fulcrum that can help tip the vehicle over in a more extreme situation. So we really emphasize you want to steer straight or downhill in those situations to make sure the vehicle is staying stable. And uh, I've got some photos of a rollover. Uh, They're not in the the JK book, but uh, we've used them in, in... 
a couple of articles and stuff, and it would roll over to a four-shot sequence, and it's really more indicative of really bad spotting, but it's also the driver, the, uh, the right front tire is dropping into a hole, and the, the guy is starts steering uphill. He's got a roof rack and a tent on, and gear on the oh, top of, of yeah. the JK. Mm-hmm. All of those things combine, it does a really good rollover. Yeah. I hate rollovers. That's yeah, that's... I hate seeing them. It's just such, such a shame. Yeah. Well, um, so where can people go to find out more about the Jeep 4x4 school? Oh, the best place is to go to our website. It's jeep4x4school.com. Okay. And uh, that has information on all the classes and all the runs we do and a lot of, a lot of videos. Uh, and the other place is our Facebook page, which is also Jeep 4x4 School. So if somebody, you said you do the, a lot of one-on-ones, and if somebody wanted to uh, uh, set something up, uh, now I'm sure they just go to the uh, jeep4x4school.com uh, to you know start the process, but what, what is it that they should expect? Is this something that is uh, uh, they would need to, if they weren't in California, they would need to travel to California to do this? Do you guys ever go out of California maybe to uh, make yourself available to other parts of the country? Uh, how would they go about uh, uh, being part of the 4x4 school? Well, it's pretty much uh, a Southern California-based school, and we've, we've had people come from Arizona and Northern California. Uh, it's really... Uh, it would be cost prohibitive. I mean, we try to keep our keep our prices down, and uh, a lot of the reason I do this is because I really enjoy it, and it's really fun to help newcomers especially. We try to keep the cost down, and to, to travel, even to Northern California, would just make the cost prohibitive for most people. Uh, we'd be open to, to traveling a little bit, but uh, it's so time-consuming. to. We really want to have a vehicle. We could rent something, but it really depends on what the person wants to do, but... So far, everything we've done is, has been uh, in Southern California. So. And, and how, how do you schedule these things? Is it during the week, just weekends? Uh, yeah? Both. Uh, what, we, what we ask people to do is, is pick a date and an alternate date, and then we try to accommodate that. Uh, so they will get back to us by email and say, these are the dates I would, would like to do this. And we try to work that out. If it doesn't, then we give them some alternatives and most of the time, uh, if people are booking, you know, three, four, or five weeks ahead, it, it's usually not a problem to accommodate whatever date they want. It could be a weekend or, or midweek. Nice thing about midweek, especially in the summertime, is there's very few people out on the trails. Now, uh, how long a training session is this? Is it uh, over uh, maybe a couple hours on one day? Can it be multiple days? Does it just depend? Uh, we. It's surprising how much you can cover in a short period of time. Our, our introductory class is about three and a half hours, and that goes through all the basics, a lot of the stuff we, we talked a little bit about. And then we have a, a half-day class, which is about five hours. And every class is designed to, uh, at that level, is designed to accommodate the, the individual based on their vehicle and their experience. And then if somebody wants to do something more extreme, uh, really get into to more... Uh, rock crawling, and we have a full-day class. And we've had people come back a couple of times after an initial class because they wanted to learn more. Uh, and part of the time is just they want to learn new trails and uh, maybe try a different rock crawling trail where they can gain more experience. But it's all customized to, to the individual's uh, vehicle and their experience level and what they want to accomplish. And I, I'd like to give a little bit of a testimony. <laughs> My, uh, I was telling Tony this story a little earlier. My wife 
literally like five days after I got the lift and everything installed on my Toyota Tacoma, so it wasn't a Jeep, went up to participate in an event with Don and the four by four, the Jeep four by four school and a tire manufacturer. And this is, it was her first time in that truck taking it out. And she had a blast. She talked about how you guys went uh, at, at a good pace and you made sure that everybody had what they needed from a spotter's perspective and nobody felt pressured to do something they weren't capable of doing. And they got a lot of guidance. And at the end of the day, um, you know, she's, she's pretty capable of driving that truck probably more so than me, to be honest. But um, yeah, I got a, I got a lot of positive feedback from, uh, uh, from my wife that got the opportunity to do that. And my brother um, who works for all J's gotten the opportunity to spend some time with you. So if, if those of you out there have, are hearing this and considering it, go to the Jeep four by four school and check this out. I'm, I'm sure you won't be disappointed. So Don, you've already mentioned uh, the website, uh, jeep4x4school.com. You've all also mentioned that you're on, uh, you got a Facebook page uh, uh, by the same name. Uh, anything on Instagram or uh, maybe Pinterest or any, any other social media that uh, people might find you on? No, we're a little behind the curve on some of the social media. And part of <laughs> this, I, I've just been so busy with other things. And uh, I'm pretty much a one-man operation, although... I do rely, uh, one of my instructors is Quinn Thomas. When we, when we do events like the Falcon event, uh, or Cody, your brother, has been a big help when we've done tire testing, uh, which is really one of my favorite things to do is the tire testing. We've been very fortunate to work with, with uh, three or four different tire companies testing their off-road tires, doing comparison testing. Uh, so that kind of stuff is fun. But we're on the, as far as the social media goes, we really need to up our game on that. That would be a, a wise thing for us to do, and it's getting more and more popular. Ah, it's fine. I mean, it's however you want to do it, of course. I just, just uh, want to make sure that if it was uh, out there that uh, people knew about it. Uh, I really enjoyed the Instagram because it's a lot of pictures and no words to read. None of them pesky words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Don, I yeah, can't thank you. I'm sorry? I was just going to say that's one of, the, one of the negative things about writing books is that you kind of have to like words. <laughs> oh, but I bet you got lots of good pictures in there. Oh, there are. Uh, yeah, there's. I think there's around 400 photos in, in the book. So uh, we really try to show what we're talking about, and I think it's come off pretty well. And uh, Cartech did a really nice job of laying the book out, and the, the printing quality is really high. So we're very happy with the outcome. So I'm assuming that uh, the the red Jeep that's on the cover uh, was something that you you picked because you know red is just so. Uh, out there and look at me and uh, everybody just loves a red jeep that's true uh but it's a funny story <laughs> actually that's a, a metal cloak jeep uh-huh. one of their house jeeps and they sent us some photos uh for the book and the only photo that we didn't get to choose is the cover shot because that's a marketing decision mm-hmm. and they chose that shot because of the red jeep and a beautiful blue sky background Almost, uh, almost, uh, almost like the American flag there. It just needed some more white in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do a red Jeep, black Jeep thing here on the show uh, a lot, Don, that you're not aware of. So uh, these guys are rolling in their eyes, and I'm sure Tammy's slapping her face. She's got a black Jeep. I've got a red one. So uh, that's the reason why the whole red Jeep uh, comment was there. Don, I can't thank you enough for being here with us. A very interesting story. I wish we had a lot more time uh, to discuss this uh, and pick your your brain. You have uh, lots of uh, great information. We'll, we'll have to have you back so all our listeners can get really excited if, uh, if you'll say that you'll uh, join us in the future sometime. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, and, and thank you for the opportunity. 
All right. Thanks again, Don. We appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Big thanks again going out to Don Alexander for taking the time to talk about his book and, of course, the Jeep Off-Road Training School that he's got going on in Southern California. Sounds like a blast. I may have to oh, make a man. trip down there one of these days. Oh, come down, man. We'll have a good time. That would be yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's going to be one of those, uh, one of, definitely one of those vacation trips for sure. So, I th- I Don, think, I'll have to be talking to you here pretty soon. I think I would go over there and rent a uh, Cherokee Trailhawk and take it out there and beat the ever-loving ever <laughs> shit out of it. <laughs> Make sure you pay that extra dollar yeah. for the insurance. You're going to need it. Speak, speaking of Jeeps that you guys hate, on Sunday, I will be putting on a Daystar lift on my brother-in-law's Renegade, and it's going to get some 31-inch tires. And then wow. we're, taking it, we're taking it across the uh, Mojave Desert on the Mojave Trail in a couple weeks. That's I'll let you know cool. how it goes. Yeah, I'll, uh, shoot us some uh, before and after pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, do you guys have an idea for a guest for us? Or maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. We would love to have you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. That's right. we got a contact page there. It's got all the information on how you can get a hold of us and share your ideas for our next great guest. Hey, coming up next week, we have Tiff with crawlers.com. And that's crawl hers because I think it's a woman-operated run type thing. So crawl and hers.com. <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, now that Tammy's not there, I'd like to uh, set the story straight on what happened in Uori last week. <laughs> uh, here we go. Um, I was heading up the Dickey Bell Trail. I was in the back of the line. Tammy was way up in the front. And I uh, turned a corner, and out of nowhere, this big rock appeared. Jumped out and, in front of me. Uh, I could swear out of the corner of my eye, I saw a glint of purple fleeing the scene. <laughs> but I had uh, only a few minutes to react. I could minutes? turn to the left and gone around the rock, or turn to the right and go around it. Or I could head straight onto it, put a tire on it, jump out and take a poser shot, Yeah, which I attempted to do. And... uh I misjudged and mangled my steering linkage. Drag bar or drag link got tangled up in the track bar. It was a mess. But uh, we straightened it out, and uh, the Jeep's all right now. And when I say that, I mean it doesn't turn to the left. It only turns to the right. <laughs> but I, I could pretty much get to wherever I need to go by making a series of right-hand turns. Uh, three rights equals a left, and vice versa. All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat to you later, and you have a good one. Bye. Isn't that what UPS drivers are trained to do, uh, only yes. make right turns? Yes. I want to know how he merges on the freeway. <laughs> From the opposite side. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Jumps that jersey barrier. Here we go. <laughs> you must have needed this every day. It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff, pick of the week for your Jeep. Well, the weather's getting nicer, and that means the tops are going to be coming off. Yeah. Of your Jeep, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes the weather doesn't cooperate, and the top has to stay on. Well, what's the next best thing to go on topless? That's going doorless. But what do you do with those doors once you take them off? Don't tell me you're wrapping them in moving blankets. You're just putting them behind the couch? No, come on. That doesn't work. Barricade has your solution. 
Jeep door storage hangers for the 2007 to 2018 Wrangler JK are on sale right now at ExtremeTerrain.com. You can pick them up for just $99 for the whole set. The barricade door storage hangers prevent damage to Wrangler doors while they're off the Jeep by keeping them off the floor. This unique bracket system mimics your Wrangler's factory hinge mounts to provide a hassle-free storage system. Made from 3 inch American steel and mounting directly to your wall studs in the garage or your shop or wherever you decide to put them, these have enough strength to keep any door up off the floor. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool yeah. idea. I can see uh, somebody's three-year-old riding on the thing, though. I know. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. Thing. I was like, well, it's just kind of a little little seesaw, teeter-totter thing here, a little uh, little, uh, little ride there. I go out there. And I, and these things, honestly, I mean, mounted with large lag bolts, big steel plates, distribute the load evenly. I mean, you're going to be – you're probably going to pull the stud out of the wall before you hurt anything else on these things, so – uh, definitely yeah, they're, well they're mounted. The picture has them mounted right at uh, uh, BMX bike handlebar height. So that should be. Oh, pretty cool. yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So it, it is really it's a really good idea. Uh, I mean, the, the it's the points that are already uh, the load bearing points for the door when they're mounted on the Jeep. And, mm-hmm. and, and the only the only thing I can say that is going to be a problem here is lining up both of those hinge holes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've all been there. Well, maybe not you, Josh. But with the TJ, it, it's just, oh, uh, the door gets heavier and heavier yeah. and heavier every time well, you press JK tapping. doors are not light. Either. Oh, no, they're they, not. Uh, yeah, that's right. They, they got a little heft to them. So. But these will, uh, I mean, if, if you go doorless for three or four months at a time, well, these will definitely be the thing for you. Just keep in mind, if you have a problem hitting the hole, you're going to need to practice. Oh, jeez. the hell is a toyota doing out here in this jeep park i know right notice he got there before you did (laughs) (laughs) i had to close the gate because some toyota (laughs) owner left it open oh Oh, good times good times (laughs) all right josh so it's all back together and ready to go right oh i wish i wish no i i haven't been able to spend a whole lot of time on it so i've got a table and a a bench full of parts and uh and uh, this this weekend is when it's happening though so we've um, heard this before (laughs) it really it's it's Mm -hmm. life gets in the way man um you know i it's not my daily driver uh as much as i'm jonesing to get out on the trails there's, there's a lot of other stuff that's getting in the way um it keeps getting bumped in priority and i gotta take care of other stuff there's businesses to run there's jobs to do and, and life to have and uh and i don't always have the time the will or you know really it comes down to time to go out in the garage and spend hours on the transfer case so you know if uh, you would put your recording studio inside the jeep it would be I a know. lot more likely to happen if i could just <laughs> do my voiceover work and the transfer case rebuilt at the same time i'm sure nothing bad could happen just think of the passion <laughs> that would be in your voiceover work <laughs> yeah th- and and the four letter words so <laughs> right right uh. No, but I am. I, I'm taking some time at the end of the month. I'm going to take a uh, a little bit of vacation time around the holiday and uh, get myself a nice long oh, five good. or six day weekend. And uh, and I'm going to get out in the woods, do some camping and stuff like that. So I would like to have the Jeep for that. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but that's my goal. Oh, it could, right? I mean, it's really just it could. The, no, it's entirely it's just the two forty two. You just got to get the two forty two. Well, back not together. only that, I've also got to get down to DEQ and run the Jeep through emissions and, uh, and and get the get new tags on it. I mean, it's been sitting for a couple of years, so that you know, it's uh, the registration's yeah. expired on that. So I got to take care of some legal stuff. 
you know, as well. And uh, that's going to take time and, and it, they're not open seven days a week. And, and so it's just going to be a matter of making sure all the cards line up. Well, get you take a take a half day before and get it done before your yeah. vacation, you know? Yeah, I mean it's just it's just a matter of uh, the inspection type thing, right? Uh, and uh, I mean I, I know you have to wait for the tags to come in. Well, out out here, no, it's 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 a lot different out here than it is in other states. We don't have to go through the full state patrol vehicle inspection like a lot of people do. Um, so it's not you don't have to go down and have them go over every inch of your jeep. This is primarily for emissions. That's about mm-hmm. all Oregon yeah, cares that's all we're about. Doing now. So they. Yeah, they plug a, a thing into your OBD2, and, and unless it's not old enough, or unless it's too old, and they stick something up your tailpipe, and that's a lot for a sticker, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to judge. I don't yeah. want to judge, but man, that's. Uh, I've, I've had some vehicles that I would have taken the banana in the tailpipe. Just <laughs> <to smug. laughs> Well, uh, that, but that's it, and they give you they give you the tags right then and there, and uh, and you're good to go. So, um, you can uh, do and it. Thankfully, I've got one only about uh, about a 10, 15 minute drive from the house. So you can do it. Uh, we can't have Tammy being the only one going out, and and with me going to the uh, Go Topless Day, that's that's almost like Wheeling, you know. So you yeah. guys got also got to understand, I'm away from the house no less than thirteen to fifteen hours a day just for my work, um, and that's my regular job, uh, and and so it you know. Five days a week, I have next to zero time. So that means on the weekends, it's all about catching up, running the business, and everything else. Um, and it's just it's, there's just no time at the end of the day. I, I wish I, I wish I did. Cody, what's your sad story of the day? Oh, let's see how much time we got. Uh, <laughs> things, things, are, things are good. Um, you know, the last year's been uh, crazy. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys, I ruptured my Achilles tendon, had to have surgery, Good physical Lord, therapy. Man. Uh, you know, so that that was right around the uh, spring of last year, and that was part of what drove the podcast off. Was was that, and I took a I took a bigger role at work, which caused me to travel quite a bit. And Presley is two and a half, and man, I tell you what, you you guys, you people that are, are about to have kids, you know, you think that the uh, you know, the infancy part when they're first born, that's the difficult part, but really you can just throw them in a blanket, put them on the couch and go do something. No one's there. They're just not going to go anywhere. The minute they Parent can of walk, the year, and, folks. Yeah, of the year. seriously, <laughs> the minute they can walk, <laughs> crawl, talk, they're Everything they do is about to kill themselves. Like you can't leave them alone for 30 seconds because they're going to climb up something and fall down. So, um, any new parent with a two year old knows what I'm talking about. So yeah. other than that, it's been, things have been good. The, the, uh, uh, we put some new Falcon Wild Peaks on my wife's Grand Cherokee. I'm really excited about those tires. I've got them on my truck too. And um, like I said, I'm helping my brother-in-law lift the Renegade and uh, put some new tires on it this weekend because we're going to go do Mojave again. So looking forward to getting out in the dirt. I haven't been out in a few months. And I mean, we talked to Don Alexander. as She took my truck out off-roading with Don Alexander in Big Bear before I got the chance to. So Tammy's done quite a bit of wheeling in my truck as well. So uh, the lift on the Renegade, what was that? A quarter inch uh, lift that you're doing on the? What, what is that? What size is it? Yeah, it's a it's a it's an RCH. It's just a <laughs> just a just enough to get. It's a it's a inch and three quarter, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, the Daystar puck lift, and uh, and he'll be able to fit 31 inch tires under that. Um, so I'm excited. We're, his, uh, his dad has an auto body shop, so we're going to go lift the thing up in the air and start screwing around underneath it. So there's no cutting of a wheel wells or removing of uh, flares on that thing. Right. So there's, there's really limited ways that you can, uh, get tire clearance. 
Yeah, it's. I don't think that you. I mean, I'm sure somebody could with enough time and money, but yeah. um, it's not realistic for your garage guy to do it. So I think the you know the puck lift and 31s is probably the most you're going to get out of that for the most case. From you know in most cases, um, but I mean, going back to my my early days in off roading with a, a Jeep Cherokee, you know, at the time when you had thir- you have 31 inch tires, you were an off roader. Oh and yeah. we and we did a lot of stuff. Um, I think that once that Renegade gets 31s underneath it, it's going to be pretty capable. And it, it already did the mm-hmm. Mojave Trail uh, last time at stock, and it kept up with all of us the whole time. So um, I'm very interested to see how it does. I'm excited about the trip, too. Well, you got a hey, pretty, pretty big open mind on that. It'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see what it does. Yeah. Hey, Cody, quick question on those Falcons. Uh, did you go with the all-terrains or the mud-terrains? I went with the all-terrains. Um, so again, deferring to my wife, who's in the tire industry, they've done several ride and drives with Falcon and they got to do, um, a matter of fact, I think they may have even done this one with Don Alexander as well, where they, they got to drive a, a Jeep with the mud terrains and a Jeep with the all terrains. And the performance on the all terrain was just as good as the mud terrain in the dry Southern California off-roading play, uh, um, scenarios. And the all terrain has better wear on the, on the road and less noise. So, um, I've had, them, I've had the truck out with those all terrains in some rainy, muddy conditions and never had any slippage. I mean, they, they've been fantastic. I'm super impressed with those tires. I was going to say, I, I've heard a lot of good things about these Falcons and as for an all terrain, they, they look pretty decent too. I see a lot of other all terrains out there that aren't like the BF Goodrich all terrains that, that look more like a highway tire and these don't. Yeah. No. And, and you know, they're all... I mean, I don't even know if there's a word for it, but it's kind of like a mid-terrain. It's a more aggressive all-terrain um, mm-hmm. that has a really, really good street performance and noise uh, noise levels, but can do whatever you need to do in the in the dirt. Um, there's a couple of there's the the Hankook Dyna Pro MT is very similar to that. It's a decent yeah, tire the, for Jeep. The, the Yokohama Geolander I think is also kind of similar, um, but I don't think that they have the mileage and and uh, I know the tread compound is completely different. You know, I'll be yeah. impressed with a with a Renegade whenever I hear uh, the noise that you hear from mud drains three miles down the road, <laughs> and you're going, you can, you're waiting for you, it, and you're waiting for it, and then a Renegade drives by, and you hear the Doppler be, shift of the mud terrains. Awesome. You can get those mud terrains in like 30 inch tires, but I don't know that people driving Renegades are looking for that. Kind no, no, no. Of, no. We, we got them. We got them on Subarus out here, yeah. out here, in, out oh, here yeah. in, or in Portland, Oregon. We've got we got Subaru Outbacks rolling the 30 inch BFG all terrains. I mean, it is. <laughs> crazy you know cody's and, uh, so, mazda miata i've got it there's a mazda miata that rolls around here someplace with the top we've got one off. out here too we've got one yeah. out here too a mazda miata on bfg good uh good rich all terrains it is it's yep. ridiculous same same guy looking for meth so uh <laughs> you have <laughs> so cody you have the perfect situation since you get you know have access to a renegade you need to do a youtube video and dub you know, like a, a Ford F-150 <laughs> oh, with 37-inch mud terrains driving by. Diesel acceleration, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be like, it'd be like a UFO sighting, you know. You go, out here rolling coal hear, in my you hear that? You hear that? It's, a, it's mud terrains coming. Uh, oh, uh, let's get it. Funny. Then, yeah, that maybe while we have it up on the lift, we'll put like a giant free-flowing Flowmaster muffler on it with like a four-inch tailpipe. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> and if you stuff paper in there and set it on the fire, it'll look like it's burning coal. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's funny uh, that uh, <laughs> it's funny that 
that uh, just I'm, I'm waiting to see a Scion set up the same way, you know, with the lift. And hey, does the does that Renegade have tow hooks on it? Is it a trail a Trailhawk edition yeah. or okay. Trailhawk, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's cool. So Cody, when's Trail uh, Trail Chasers coming back? Uh soon. I hope. I uh, like I had said, I took a I took a district manager job that really kind of kicked me in the teeth the last year. And after the turn of the year, I kind of pulled back a little bit and delegated more. So I'm trying to carve out some more time for family and fun and some other things. So I'm, I'm hoping to pull something together soon. I've been talking to a couple people that uh, have been encouraging me to get it going again. So I, it's on my radar. I don't, I'm not going to make a commitment, but it's on my radar. Yeah. Well, you know, um, you could always uh, start a, a Toyota podcast uh, now that you've got one. And uh, yeah. the network sure could use a Toyota podcast, and uh, then it would only be two two uh, podcasts you'd need to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I don't know if I mentioned this, uh, but I got an atlas coming in. Uh. <laughs> so I'm planning on taking some time off uh, to uh, install that. I probably don't need to. I don't think it'll take me. Josh, how much trouble was it taking the the 242 out? No, it's not. We were kind of. Uh had some sidebar chat going on. You had mentioned that you are already planning on uh, removing the uh, the tr- transmission cross member and just kind of dropping things down. And really, I mean, that alone, you remove your front drive shaft, remove your rear drive shaft, drop that uh, that cross member, get the trans, get the whole engine and, and transmission and transfer case to, to drop down yeah, six or eight down. inches. And it gives you just room for days in oh. there. That top bolt becomes really easy. I will say this, though. Um, I, I'm over exaggerating a little bit. You do get a lot more room by doing that, but I think I still had to drop down to quarter inch socket, you know, a quarter inch drive socket on that, mm-hmm. uh, just to where I could get a little bit more rotation, uh, you know, of the, of the socket wrench. But you know, if you, if you got a couple of U joints and some extensions and whatnot, that's really where it's going to come in is having, having a, a few extensions, uh, a wobble bit or, you know, a, a wobble joint or a U joint for your, for your sockets. If you don't have a set of U joints for your sockets, do yourself a favor, Go to Harbor Freight at lunch tomorrow or something like that. Pick it up because it's going to make your job a lot easier. Yeah, I got all kinds mm-hmm. of crap. I've been ordering stuff from Amazon for a while now. Um, so just taking the, I mean, I've taken the transfer case in half off and put it all back together. Taking the whole thing out has got to be easier than going through all the snap rings and all the rest of that crap. Just undoing the 56 bolts that uh, hold it to the transmission and uh, pull it straight out. Uh, I mean, I, I know I've got to disconnect the linkage. Uh, and of course the linkage is going to be coming out, uh, cause I got to replace the, put a big hole in there to, to pop the sticks through for, for the Atlas. And, uh, so I, I can't really see that the, I think the only thing is going to be, uh, the actually lifting up of the Atlas and getting if, it stabbed is going to be yeah, the, the most difficult you, part. You're going to need to have uh, an extra floor jack laying around. Um, you're going to need to support the the transmission and and everything. You're going to need a jack to put all that back up in, into into place. Um, you're also going to need you know, a jack to kind of help you finagle that uh, that atlas into place. Um, if you if you yeah. can get a buddy over there to help you out, that that'll help out too. But you know, really, or, uh, a couple a couple of floor jacks is really going to make uh, make your job a lot easier. Well, I only have the one. Tony, do you have anybody that uh, has a motorcycle jack? So that so we the last time I did oh, any transmission yeah. work, we used a motorcycle jack because we had one in the shop. And you know, the motorcycle jack has it, it's almost like a, a small pallet, and you can really, scissor lift. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say either maybe you can rent one or find a buddy that's got a motorcycle jack, and that would make it way easier. You set the, set the, the new Atlas in there and you can jack it right up into place, probably in the right position. 
Yeah. Well, actually, probably what I'm going to wind up doing is uh, using um, the jack stands to support the uh, transmission uh, once I drop it down and then uh, use the uh, floor jack. I only have the one floor jack. Uh, use the floor jack and probably a piece of plywood to uh, on, on top of it uh, to uh, lift the uh, the atlas up. So basically, I'll, I'll you know, be lifting uh, with the you know, doing the jack with one hand and putting the other hand on the atlas. And of course, the jack has wheels on it. I'll just have to get it lined up so that it's you know I'm able to move the jack forward. Uh, you know, all of this is going to be all of this is going to be happening after um, the uh, the uh, go go topless at uh, oh absolutely. The, the beach. That thing. So you're likely going to be running into a lot of Jeepers that are probably going to be very willing to help you out. You know, hey, this is what I have going on. Uh, I, I guarantee you somebody's going to be just like, you know, if you need some help, here's my card. Let me know. I'll be happy to come over and, you know, lift things with you. Yeah, it's always and, possible. And Harbor Freight has a motorcycle jack for 80 bucks. Probably really worth 80 bucks. <laughs> So I'll uh, I'll be doing that, and uh, I was I'll probably take off a, a couple of days uh, because what I'd like to do actually I might take off more than that, but really it would only be for um, uh, hoping that the rear drive shaft will come in because the whole plan here is to get it up and in place so that I can do the measurements, and uh, I'll take the uh, the rear uh, Tom Woods drive shaft that I currently have in there and get it sent off to uh, Tom Woods for him to. Uh, correct the length and then uh, rebuild that one for the front. So I'm kind of hoping that uh, it'll be close enough uh, in front where I can use one of the uh, original front drive shafts that I have and mm -hmm. uh, actually be able to put it in front wheel drive and move it around at least inside the, uh, the garage. Uh, that's kind of my plan. I don't think that it'll be much of a problem as long as I'm not, um, you know, dropping the axle down like flexing or something. I wouldn't want to take it out on no, the road. No. But uh, you, you yeah, I think it'll be. I think that'll be a doable. So we'll be able to move it around, and then uh, when that rear drive shaft comes in, uh, I, I I think that I'm just gonna. I think for the measurement though, I'm gonna have to replace uh, the yoke on the Chrysler eight and a quarter to get the proper measurement. So that means I'll have to be uh, replacing the uh, thirteen ten yoke uh, on the Chrysler with the thirteen fifty yoke that I've got. So. Um, all in all, I don't really see it as being that big a thing to do. The The biggest part of it is going to be the awkwardness of getting that uh, Atlas up and into place. Well, mm -hmm. I think that rear yoke is pressed on, too. So you might need a set of pullers or maybe even a, uh, a slide hammer or, or something to get that off. So um, I didn't uh, have a problem with it putting it on, you know, because I have the U, uh, the U bolt. Uh, yoke on there now because i took the oh okay. I took the original okay. one off uh, no, you're the, fine yeah, yeah they took the original one off the, my only thing is make sure i get it uh, torqued down properly and uh get mm -hmm. the uh get the loctite on it so looking forward to that uh be real happy when that's all said and done and i can uh, be driving the jeep uh daily and looking down and looking at those twin sticks oh <laughs> it's gonna be nice yeah, well, would you guys be, like to uh, would you guys like to join in and uh, make fun of Tony or uh, give him some grief <laughs> for giving us so much grief about him having an atlas? Uh, well, if you're tired of all the bragging, well, join in on the fireside <laughs> chat. We'd love to have you guys go to jeeptalkshow.com/contact. Find all the ways you can reach out and join us. Yeah, bragging's okay if it's factual. Sure. <laughs> we're going to talk about some events that are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation, guys. We've got a ton of stuff happening, so we're going to go through this pretty quick. Hey, happening, well, pretty much right now in Flagstaff, Arizona, a huge show. We talked about it before. It's the Overland Expo West show. There's going to be literally 
hundreds upon hundreds of vendors there, hundreds of classes that people are taking. We've actually got a friend of the show, Travis Biggs, is going to be down there. Uh, hopefully, he's having a good time, and hopefully, when he gets back, he'll be able to give us a report. And our guest that you heard this evening, uh, Don, he's going to be down there as well, actually be doing a couple of talks on some springs. Uh, so uh, that should be some interesting stuff. You may be, uh, be able to find out him. More information on that, head over to overlandexpo.com slash west. This is an annual show, so if you miss it this year, there's always next time. Worldwide Go Topless Day happening May 19th. Tony's already talked about the event that he's going to. This is going on everywhere. We said worldwide, everybody. So May 19th, it's all going down. Uh, if you'd like to find out if there's an event going on in your town celebrating this, well, just head over to allthingsjeep.com uh, for more information on that. Uh, speaking of all well, topless type of stuff, Jeeps at the Beach, Texas and Coastal Bend Crawlers are presenting the Matatoga Beach Run happening June 9th and that's uh, going on 10 a.m. at Matagorda Beach in Bay City. Uh, for more information, we'll have the link to that event on the show notes for this episode. Uh, Jeeping Mid-Rivers Crusade is happening June 16th at the Moonlight Off-Road Park in, Sull- in Sullivan, Missouri. Uh, we also have Pistons Wild Motorsports, uh, who's presenting their Life is a Journey 4x4 Poker Run happening June 23rd. That's going to be out here in my neck of the woods in the Tillamook State Forest, the Browns Camp staging area. Uh, And I'm likely going to be at that event. I also just was approached uh, today, in fact, um, by one of the uh, regional managers here for Four Wheel Parts asking me to do a grand opening uh, celebration uh, for a store that just opened up in Tigard, Oregon. So I might go out uh, for that one as well, represent the show, and go to that. I will give you guys details on that if I don't have any uh, conflicting dates. So uh, if you have an event that you would like to get out, to get the word out, well, by all means, let us know. So I hope you don't mind, uh, since that email from Four Wheel Parts was sent to all of us, Tammy, myself, and you, I uh, wrote back and recommended a, uh, what do you call it, a dunk thing, a dunk tank where they throw oh, baseballs. Oh, dunk tank. Yeah, yeah. That'll go really good with all the electronic equipment I'll be bringing. <laughs> and, and, your, <laughs> and your dolphin-like lungs. You can uh, show off the... Uh, <laughs> How long can Josh hold his breath underwater? Let's find out. <laughs> well, he stopped bubbling, everybody. Hey, do you know of an off-road event coming up? Shoot us an email with some details. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? We'd love to hear from you. Just go to our contact page at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Cody's back from the dead, kind of. Uh, I still have my podcast, my website, website, which is trailchasers.net, and I'm on Instagram, but I've been out of the podcast game for a while. So if you want to hear more shows or have an idea for a show, drop me a line on the contact page at trailchasers.net. Hey, and big thanks to Cody for filling in for the often missing Tammy, a.k.a. Oh. Jeep Mama. If you guys need a voice for your product or your business, by all means, check me out. Professional voiceover services at thevoiceofjosh.com. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow, friend, like, subscribe, and above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Remember to always tread lightly. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles, head over to www.treadlightly.org. Warning, the show you just heard featured stunts performed by either professionals or under the supervision of professionals or by complete idiots. The Jeep Talk Show and its producers insist that nobody attempt to recreate or duplicate in any way any stunt or activity performed on the Jeep Talk Show without a beer in your hand and adult supervision. <laughs> Podcasting since 2010.